Dark Depths Podcast, because you play for the modern legacy format. I'm one of your hosts, Dave Mitchell, and with me, the kindly lord himself, Michael Nelson. How are you? You know, and then I was supposed to record a so slightly less good. Um, but, you know, it's a, it's a good day. It's a good week. Uh, maybe it's not a good week. I don't know. How are you? Doing okay. Uh, slightly sleep deprived. My uh, children have been not sleeping. Uh, I guess the last time we recorded, I guess it was two weeks ago. And I think even then I was saying, yeah, they're having some sleep issues, but it's okay. It has not been okay. <laughs> it's gotten worse. Um, so we're we're trying some stuff out, experimenting as, as parents do. And uh, it's, uh, it's going poorly. So, you know, hopefully the next couple weeks uh, it turns around. But uh, that's uh, it's a long way away, and uh, sleep deprivation at it, at its worst. Obviously, it, this could be worse, but not uh, not operating at one hundred and ten percent. So and it's okay, I guess. <laughs> besides that, as a math teacher, you should know one percent isn't real. I mean, it is real, right? I mean, I I can't be at one hundred and ten percent. I can't be at over capacity, but I could be uh, like ten percent more than I normally am. My baseline. That's cool. I'm not 10% more than my baseline, though. I'm, I'm definitely in the, like, 60% at best, I think. Um, just, like, a bunch of, like, silly... Like, that's how I know I'm tired, actually, is when I start I start making, like, weird math mistakes, and I'm like, why am I doing this? And, like, I don't even know where to... Like, I had a problem. Um, my kids had a quiz on three-variable systems, and I literally got to a point in the problem of, like, this is, like, just, like, not right. And then eventually I looked at the problem and then looked at what I had written on the board and looked at the problem again. I was like, yep, that's an 18, not a 22. <laughs> like, I don't know how you misread a number so wildly wrong, but that happened. So it, it's just been that kind of a, a couple weeks. So hoping it gets better. <sighs> but uh, I guess magic-wise, how's, how's uh, your magic life going? You know... I actually just posted on Twitter earlier today. I am, like, loving Magic. Um, but I'm, I'm loving Magic, considering playing Standard on Arena. Mm-hmm. I, uh, yeah, I'm loving it. Vintage Cubes kind of... I mean, that's good to hear that. I mean, that's uh, it's something I think you and I have both struggled with in our in our Magic career, Magic life. Uh, just trying to find a good balance between, you know, professional and... Uh, you know, relationships and magic and, but also just like not <laughs> overdoing it in, in the magic department, which I think is easy to do, but it, it very quickly becomes, this is enjoyable. This is fun to, this is unbearable. And I do not want to do this anymore. Um, and I know you took a, a lot of steps to try to adjust that last year. So it's good to see it paying off. Yeah. Well, I, I don't even know if it has anything to do with my adjustments or if it's just like, I don't know. They're killing it. Everything's fun. No, I can see that. I actually was trying to play some uh, standard leagues on MTGO just to try to see if I could jump back into that format. Uh, I got to play that. I think it was. I don't know if it was Reed Duke who's playing it. The uh, like five color uh, up the beanstalk uh, five color controlish deck. Like that deck is sweet. Uh, ended up. You know, I don't think I got a trophy. I think I went like 4-1 and like a 2-3 or something like that. But having a good time. Standard format suite. Um, actually playing a little bit of modern for the first time in a while. Uh, I know we have Eternal Weekend 
coming up relatively soon. Um, so I should be practicing more for that. But I'm, uh, you know, trying to take a moment to enjoy a little bit of Rhino action, which I don't think I've ever actually played Rhinos before. Like, in, in playing the deck, I, I don't put a lot of Living End, but playing Rhinos is actually a lot of fun. Having a really good time playing that deck, too. Like, the, I think all the formats right now are definitely in a, in a fun spot. I will say, uh, Modern has been especially fun, Ooh. so I'm, you know, just playing a variety of Agatha's Bar. It's proven to be playable, but yet proven to be good. Okay. Um, one of the big issues I have revealed, don't do anything. So, like, you really need ETBs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I was trying to think, like, I don't know, like, I, I only have oh so much space in the deck, yeah. so, like, I don't really know where they would go. Um, I was... But I found you like the quarter monitors, and you weren't playing mm. the quarter monitors out. You didn't want to get rid of your fauna shamans, um, so Eldritch Evolution sucked because you always par. Um, so putting more twos in the deck, kind of try that out, and it would alleviate some of the like further and further behind. If at least it's cantripping, it's you know it's not mm-hmm. like oh my god this is amazing, but I feel like there should be like another another card like that, but. I mean, there's a green wall of omens as well. Wow, um, yeah. Th- there's also Coiling Oracle. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good one. Love that card. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, both the- of those are worse because making you on uh, turn two is a big ask. Yeah. But, and I like Wall of Omen. It's a good blocker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think slowing down the game is not the not the worst thing to be doing. Um, especially while you're trying to set up. Doesn't die to Ren and Six. Mm. Yeah, actually, you can, I guess, with Orchid Spell Master, so, like, common, I guess, we'll say, uh, it's nice that it can actually, like, block in, like, a 2-2 two, two or something like that, a 2-3, three, uh, 3-3. Three, three. Hmm. Yeah. Well, it's good, it's good you're brewing. I need to get back into the, the brewing space. It's been, definitely been a minute. Uh, I mean, I think I actually need to get out of it and, like, <laughs> <laughs> and do productive things with my time, mm-hmm. uh, regardless of if it's in magic or if it's in light. I mean, I, so I yeah. actually was pretty productive today. I used before we recorded. Ooh, okay. Yeah. But, yeah, I should, I don't know. I feel like I know what I'm playing for Eternal Week, although there's a lot of time, so anything could happen. Mm-hmm. Um, part of me is like, oh, you should start like refamiliarizing yourself with the regional championship and part of me is like it's still two months away and another set dropping yeah um, but there's like i think the fringe decks that i'm interested in i will um so i can get an idea of where they're at and i'm not going to lock anything in but my goal is at least like i'm going to make myself play at least one week so it's like hey you're actually paying attention but when it comes time to make a decision i like that's a good. That's a good idea. I mean, like that's. I think part of the issue, a lot of people have with with the format of the RCQs and the RCs, they're so far apart from each other. Um, I think it's really easy to kind of forget the like the fact, like oh, I like you said, I have to play Pioneer. It's like oh god, I have to play Pioneer now. Oh god, okay. Well, uh, let me try that again. Like try to pick this up, but I haven't. I've been playing Modern so much, I forgot all about Pioneer. Um, but also the people who try to grind. Pioneer straight through for you know months at a time. And by the time you get to the actual event, you're like, oh, this is awful. I don't, I don't want to play anymore. Pioneer. I, I think I'm sick of this. 
Um, it's, it's like a weird in-between where like it's enough lead time where if you want to prepare, you, you definitely can, but like you can definitely over-prepare and, um, you know, take a little too much, uh, do a little too much for the event. So I think, I think you're kind of hitting the middle pretty well. Yeah, plus my thing is I'm really going to be playing like, like, I guess for lack of a better word, nonsense decks, mm-hmm. right? Like I'm not going to be jamming a league with mono week in and week out. Like, nope, I already know that deck's good. I know what it's good against. Like, if that's what I decide to play, I'm going to play max, like, one league just to warm Oracle combo deck. Um, With this card, um, Mm. I want to try that out. Uh, I want to try out the the four-color Luca that did well in, um, I think it top-aided well. Um, I want to try Vanifar out. Uh, I was interested in trying. So it's like, I'm going to make myself play those, so it's not like the last second, oh, I'm not like burning myself out playing like... Yeah, I think that's a... Yeah, that's the other thing too. I think it's those fringe decks I think do like to slide in and out, but like there's a number of times... I'm trying to think, what was that one deck? I guess it's in Pioneer uh, that ended up kind of... It got popular at the RC... And there was a combo. I don't know. I there was a combo in a pioneer deck that like was very popular for like a weekend. Um, I can't remember what it was. I, I know uh, our friend uh, Tron is bad. Went deep on on the uh, cards, but I can't remember what the actual cards were. I can't think of the name of it, but uh, and the name alteration. Yeah. Um, L- oh, da, da, da. Yeah, you're definitely right. It's alteration. It changes creature type. Metamorphic alteration. That sounds right. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, but like that's the deck that like existed for an amount of time. Like if you were paying attention, you you knew that deck was was a deck. But you know, just no one no one played it. Um, not enough to, to at least to get reps with it and be familiar with it. But like I think doing the thing where you're like let me let me try this deck here. Let me get that try that deck there. Uh, it makes it really nice where you don't get surprised by this. You don't. It's not like, oh man, I didn't know they played that um, this card in the main deck. I didn't know they. I didn't realize they had this access to this card in the sideboard. It's like, you know what they're doing. You know what how they're hopefully going to play against you. Uh, it definitely makes those. It takes away like that kind of like, like it's not brewer's advantage against that situation, but like that rogue advantage where it's like nobody knows what I'm doing. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a. Dark Horse trying to win a race that no one knows we're playing. It's like, no, I know what you're doing. It's like, oh gosh, with the lights on, this is a, <laughs> it's a lot worse for me. But yeah, I'm, uh, well, I mean, maybe, I don't know, um, if you're free on October 6th, they do have a Pioneer qualifier, so you could, uh, you could play on that. I could. That's a Friday. It is Friday. So, as I'm already qualified. Oh, okay. Well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll maybe I'll do it. No, I'm not gonna do it. But yeah, I was I was actually talking to somebody, uh, a few people about this. I'm I'm happy that I'm qualified. Yeah. This system sucks. The fact that like <laughs> I just don't get to play Magic for months. It, it's just like it's so frustrating. Uh, actually, yeah. did did I talk about this two weeks ago? I feel like I might have. Uh, you you might have. I mean, like just the the idea of being punished by playing not beginning to play magic anymore because you won at magic and now you have no incentive to play for like months but yeah it just i don't know it doesn't make sense to me it's like i was looking forward to modern season for so long 
literally don't even play a modern RCQ and get locked out of the season. And it's just like, and I waited months for the season two because I think I qualified for Pioneer in like the second week. Yeah. Um, which is like, don't get me wrong, it's sick. I'm glad that I did well. Like, yeah. I'm glad I qualified. I'm like looking forward to going to Atlanta. Not happy about the prices of the hotels this go around. In mm. fact, um, but yeah, it's just like ridiculous that I just can't play far. Mm. Like an NRG where I have to travel even far doing that, mm. or an RCQ that I can't play. Yeah, I, I definitely. Uh, I'm, I obviously I know that I know it's not going to happen, but let, let's shoot my shot. Uh, shoot the shot here, uh, NRG. If you'd like to do an event that's slightly closer to the East Coast, please do. We'd I'd love to come, but you are very far away. But I I know you do great work, and I want to experience that for myself. Just just make it like somewhat closer, like Columbus. I would I would even consider taking Columbus at that. Um, still a bit far but i i could i could swing that potentially but I, there's like no way i can make it to was it a ill vein is that what it's called like the the one place in indianapolis i think they go to all the time i mean i don't know they have to go where it's like affordable for them to travel to and it, ma- it makes sense that they yeah like they, they are cutting costs by not being in chicago proper they're they're in the suburbs and it's significantly cheaper and like scg does it all the time where they're not in philly they're in you know, Valley Forge, or they're in, you know, I guess even, uh, I know they've been doing, uh, Eminence, uh, for the CDH events, have been doing their events in, I guess, I guess technically it's Phoenixville, um, but it's like, it's, at the very least, it's not in Valley Forge by the casino, it's not in, uh, Philadelphia, it's just like the Burbs and a, and a random hotel that is relatively cheap to do and that means that they can do it more often and more cost effectively like that is i'm all all on board for that i love that i just i just want them to be slightly closer they can just do it in like you know random field outside of pittsburgh that'd be that'd be fantastic i would take random field but anyways i digress i did want to i guess while we're talking about uh, different different things. Um, I know Eternal Weekend is coming up relatively soon. Uh, they had some uh, a vintage event, I guess, for Mana Traders. Are you thinking about playing vintage at all? Um, vaguely. Okay. I posted on Twitter to ask if I could get power from anyone. So the thing is, vintage is going to be, and I have a feeling that most people will not want to go down Friday during the day. Um, it's hard to know because they haven't announced like the side events and stuff are going to look like, Yeah. but you know, if I'm rooming with a bunch of people, when I get there until Friday night or Saturday morning, whatever, like I don't necessarily know that I will. Um, and I mean, I could mm-hmm. last time I went to Pittsburgh, I drove by myself. Okay. I, I don't know. I'm definitely off. I, I'm off. I am going as spending the whole weekend there. So I will, I will drive with you at the very least. Um, Are you taking Thursday off too? I'm taking, yeah, I'm taking the whole time off. Okay, I mean, I'm 100% not going Thursday. Okay. No, um, I, I... I say that. If they do something sick, <laughs> then maybe my tune changes. Like, I know there's going to be events Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, mm-hmm. but I can't imagine going more than the three days. So, my 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 plan, I guess, for, for you and for the, for the listeners, I am planning on getting there... And trying to jam, because they normally do some really sweet side event. Um, you know, like, I they 
had like a uh, master of field um, last time that I qualified for. Like I want to qualify for that as soon as possible, and I want to try to do all the other cool events as, as much as possible. Uh, assuming I can't get the cards for vintage, because like I don't know what I want to play in vintage. Um, you know they. They just did the Buffalo Chicken Dip Legacy, or sorry, yeah, Buffalo Chicken Dip Legacy Vintage Open, um, and I, you know, Justin Gennari won that with a really, really sweet, um, you know, Oath of Druid pile, which I'm very interested in playing. I'm going to try this on Moto this week. Um, I'm interested in playing a deck like this, um, but I, I don't. The, the only cards I guess for my thing, the only cards I've gotten access to have been uh, workshops. And I really don't want to play workshops. Um, I just I, I might end up just playing like aggro shops or something like that. But like I I need more than just um, uh, workshops for that. So I'm still kind of down the river at this point. So I, I don't know if I'm. But if I don't have the card for, for vintage, I'm not going to do the prox. Not the uh, the unpowered prize. Like I'm not interested in doing that either. That does not sound fun to me. So I am uh, gonna <laughs> gonna wait, and if I don't get the cards I want, I'm just gonna play side events until we get to play Legacy, and then I'll win the Legacy event, and I'll get the sweet promo, and I'll trade that to uh, Emma because I've already promised that to her. But yeah, I, I just like I really want to do as much stuff as I can. So if we have people coming, um, and like there's a, a reason that we have a room on Thursday, and I'll, I'll go on Thursday, but if not, I'll just do Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So, I don't believe anybody in our room planning to go Thursday. Okay. So, I'll just do Thursday, uh, Saturday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday then, and I'll just jam all day on Friday. That's perfect. Yeah. I mean, like, we could extend the room, but I don't know. No. I mean, not not just for me. That sounds awful. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I think we, we actually just ran into that issue for Atlanta. I like asked uh, my friend. I was like, "Hey, do you want to join us?" He's like, "Yeah." He's like, "I just booked my flight," and then sent me his flight info. I was like, "You get there, and other people like, you change <laughs> your flight." Like, I don't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can get the you know the fifty dollar room for one night if that's how you want to live too. But like, that's living dangerously. Um, uh, no, you cannot. <laughs> that is the that is the issue. There's not like but, a, a night thing or something. I mean, depending on how far out you want to go, but then you're like paying enough for like the Uber or Lyft or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, the cheapest the cheapest was like a hundred and sixty dollars if Jeez. you wanted to be within like a half hour. Okay. I guess I'm trying to think why why is it so is it like a Dude, I have Falcon's no home game I guess. I don't know. Man, um, I was to say, I, I, I kind of want to check, but I also don't really care that much about the Falcons. You don't, I was just going to say, it doesn't matter. But yeah, I booked, a, I booked a lot of hotels and flights over the past week, because I booked, I booked everything for Atlanta, I booked, um, I booked my flight and hotel for Denver, uh, I wish they would announce exactly what dates the PT Chicago is, so I could book that. Mm-hmm. Booked Eternal Weekend, booked SCG Pittsburgh. I'm excited to go jam. I know. I'm, and I, I really want to actually, we talked about this before, but I really have been wanting to go to Pittsburgh for uh, the SCG. And like, I, I'm like trying to make it work, but just, I, it feels very, very tight. Um, so I don't know if that's going to happen. If only we had like a, a sponsor that would, that would 
have the Dark Death podcast there, or maybe maybe SCG would sponsor. I don't know. Whatever, maybe, maybe I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I'm like unless that ha- unless something like that happens, I, I highly doubt I'm going to be uh, making my uh, down that way. But yeah, I think it's it's good that once again it's good that you're like kind of back in the the swing of uh, playing Magic, being happy with Magic instead of like the making it treating like like a job. Yeah, I mean, I would say I usually am happy playing Magic. It was just. At the end of last year, it was just, like, too much stuff that I had to take seriously. I mean, I guess you never have to take things seriously, mm-hmm. but too much stuff I had to either take seriously or be mad at myself for yeah. in too short of a span. It was just, like, if it could have been spread out throughout the year, it's, like, a different thing, but it's mm-hmm. also just, like, because I just remember it was, like, the Legacy, sh- uh, the Legacy Showcase um, like the 32 person one not mm-hmm. like one of the challenges it was like that it was the RC um, in a format I didn't like and there was like something else which just like like okay be ready for this okay be ready for this okay be ready for I can't mm-hmm. yeah no it, it makes it difficult and I understand like especially towards the end of the year like there's only so many weekends um, especially and once again I, I know we have international listeners as well but on once you get past Halloween, like, you are trying right up against uh, Thanksgiving, and there's Christmas, and then there's New Year's, and then even, like, Valentine's Day, like, that, like, little stretch in there, just, like, I don't I don't really want to be away, or I can't be away, or I've got a holiday party, or I've got the actual holiday, or I've got, it's just, like, it's so much stuff that, like, anything else you add to that just feels really, really uh, packed in there. Um, like, I, I just can't imagine having, like, two big events between Thanksgiving and Christmas, like, in that in a four-week span. That, that just seems exhausting. Okay, enough about random nonsense. We <laughs> should, uh... I mean, the people came here to, to learn about some competitive stuff, right? We yeah. Should, we should get to that. Yeah, Plus, I have to, you know... Can't be here forever. <laughs> I have to finish making dinner, so... Talking like a man who just spent an hour waiting for me. All right, let's talk. Yeah, yeah. I mean, had I known, um, I could have just made more progress, but instead I just stared at an empty room on Zoom, just waiting. This seems like a really sad song by, like, the Hush Sound. I don't know. (laughs) Staring at an empty room. All right, anyways, let's uh, let's talk about some stuff. I want to talk about the blue-black deck. Uh, I know the deck has been putting up a bunch of big numbers. Duke 12, um, you know, I think won the Legacy Qualifier last weekend. Was that last weekend? Uh, but either way, the deck has been crushing it. I mean, the deck's really solid. Uh, do you think this is the best deck in Legacy right now? Um, no. But, <laughs> uh, I mean, it's always hard to say, like, what is the best deck? Mm-hmm. Um it is obviously a very good deck. It could be the best deck. Um, I know people are saying it's the best deck. So, like, I, I guess the question is, like, what do you mean by best deck? I feel like I just said the phrase best. Um, but anyways, I'm going to keep saying it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, like, it really depends on how you define best deck. Because um, mm-hmm. I think some people mean it just as, like, this is the base level like this is what people should be playing or like the most 
most popular good deck. It's like a convergence, right? Like, I don't think people actually use it to... Um, but it's like but a top-tier deck. Yeah, and Scam very clearly is a top-tier I don't necessarily think it is like else. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that I... Like, I feel okay playing against it when I play Depths. I feel okay playing against which is currently my pick for the actual best of. But, and I think other decks also have game against it. Like, I think I against it. But I think what Scam does is, it, very similar to Modern, it is a very proactive power. You know, it gets a lot of free wins, so a matchup can only be oh so bad. So I do think it is probably the deck that has, like, it's one of the decks that has a very high floor. Mm-hmm. One of the highest floors, well, all ceiling. Um, so I think it is just a very... Um, but to me, that doesn't necessarily make it the best deck, but you have to treat it like it is something you're going to see. Yeah, I, I think... I'm not sure what the best deck is, uh, is, to your credit, but I definitely feel like having four reanimate right now, as far as the black decks are concerned, that just seems to be like the kind of the unifying thing where a lot of people are like, oh, reanimate's busted, isn't it? And are just now jamming uh, four copies in every deck that makes sense in. Um, and like, I don't think that I don't think that's wrong, right? I think, um, you know, if you're gonna be able to reanimate a grief, like the number of times of um, grief somebody and be like, ooh, oh, that's a better creature. Okay, I'll play that instead. <laughs> is uh, it's very high, and I have not been disappointed by that that package yet, and I I don't think it's gonna be going anywhere anytime soon. So definitely a good thing to I guess be aware of. <clears throat> um, and well, I know you. You mentioned before that the Red White Initiative deck was kind of your your pick for kind of the best deck in the format right now. Um, I know you did well in a challenge a couple weeks ago, and I think you what top sixteen this last weekend. Yeah, so you know I qual- I um, got second in the through my second round, super hard, like so hard. Um, and it was game two, so who knows if I would have won or lost game three. And then mm. if I do win, who knows what happens from there. Maybe I actually lose all yeah. Um But, uh, yeah, I... Oh, boy, did I throw that one. <laughs> um, and... But the deck's, like, just so good. Yeah. It's weird. I don't actually remember what my other loss was, but a lot of the games just feel like... Um, the blue-black decks feel like a good job. The four-colored... Well, I don't want to say good... It feels, I would say I have felt favored, but it's definitely not, you know, it's not the matchup I'm, like, excited to see, yeah. but I would rather be on the initiative. So, much in the same vein as I was saying with Scam, it's just, it's so proactive that it's hard for matchups to be too. Because, oh like, gosh. yes, if you give me three turns, like, or four turns, it's like, well, I'm I'm not going to do that. No, yeah. no, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's just like it's the deck's really good and it's funny because i was told like oh yeah the problem with the deck is it can't grind i don't think that's true <laughs> um i feel like mm. um just i don't know deck's really good yeah and that it seems like one of those decks that i think once you had the white plume adventure band i think people were like yeah it's definitely not as bad and like the fact that it still is a a deck you need to be watching out for i think kind of shows that like that's not the issue. Like it wasn't like White Plume Adventure was um, the the reason why the deck was good. I mean, I think obviously that helped significantly, but 
I, I just think the mechanic of um, the initiative, I think, is really powerful. Um, and even just, like, having another kind of a deck that can take advantage of playing those aggressive spells. I, I think, like, Archon of Emeria and um, even, like, a, a quick season Dungeoneer, I think, is just, like, so backbreaking. Uh, that seems like a, a pretty solid place to go. Uh, and even your deck, actually, I was... I, my In my brain, I'm like, oh, well, I mean, you've got the four uh, copies of um, Chalice of the Void in the main deck, and then you've got... I'm like, oh, you actually don't have Chalices, like, in the 75 at all anymore. Yeah, so in the Super Qualifier, I played did just net deck both of these decks, so, like, I'm not mm-hmm. trying to play for innovation here. But I do think cutting the Chalice me and, like, with Scam being one of the most popular... Okay, well, Swords is really bad against them, mm-hmm. but... You know, Archon is really good there. Um, so, I don't know. I was pretty hedged to Solitude. It just felt like nothing really got in your way. Awkward dance, and you're like, like now they play a threat, and you're like, nope, nope, nope. I've got Sword, Solitude, Fury. It's just not. <laughs> we're not doing this. I'm not giving it up. So, as since you're like the resident deck expert, I mean, the world deck expert on this deck, um... <laughs> Definitely not true. Still don't even know how to sideboard. I just make it up as I go. Doesn't matter. (laughs) Deck's really good. (laughs) I was was literally about to ask you that uh, about the sideboard. Uh, The the Mac of the Moon. I I still think it's like surprising that the deck's playing Mac of the Moon, but only playing like two basics now. Uh, I do remember the deck was a little bit more. I don't want to say more all in, but like played more basics and two just seems like no need. Um, You just have so many white. So it's yeah, you really don't need more than one planes because only the only thing that costs up is alternate cost, alternate cast anyways, mm-hmm. and that's what you're doing more often than not. Obviously, creature adds your aggressive plan. Some, you know, it's awkward because people do bring in it in their sideboard. So mm-hmm. bringing in an answer that dies to the card there, um, but I also feel like you don't need a creature is still good. Plus, like sometimes they're bringing an artifact. Um, I do want to, I guess, complain to the, the with the smallest violins in the world. Um, I did not realize that Touch the Spirit Realm um, exiles target artifact or creature. I thought it just was exile target artifact or creature in opponent controls, um, which I got solituded, and then they touched their own solitude, and I was like, oh, oh, no. <laughs> I just didn't expect it to happen. Um, yeah, that, that's, I mean, that's a common play. Um, yeah. That's, it's funny, that's actually, when I say I, I was like, okay, time to blink my thing. I didn't, mm-hmm. like, in my head, I, I just kind of forgot it doesn't come back till end of turn. Yeah. Um, so I exiled something for a lot. <laughs> mm. And then I died because, <laughs> yes. I don't remember, so I was playing against the Creative Technique deck. I don't remember what creature, mm-hmm. I, but I know it, I know I exiled like a creature, okay. and I also was under the impression I would have a blocker, um, mm-hmm. and I could have I could have literally just done this on my turn, but I wanted to surprise them with my blocker, sure. but I'm an idiot because I could have exiled <laughs> both of the cards, mm-hmm. and then if they don't attack, they don't attack, but I'm just in a way better situation than what I put myself. Yeah. Well. See, End of turn. It's a flicker wisp. <laughs> it, it is a flicker. I like fl- Not flicker Not a resto angel. Yeah. Uh, both cards I like. But, yeah, I mean, once again, it's good that that's like a, a deck that's in your 
I mean, not in your range necessarily. I mean, it definitely is in your range. But uh, I deck that you're looking at, it just seems like it is playing pretty well. Um, there are, I don't know if there's any other decks that you're looking at that you're interested in. Um, um, I mean, so that that is like currently my front runner. Um, I could just play Scam. Um, and I actually like really like the Beanstalk with Triumph of St. Catherine. Oof. Yeah, that sweet. was... I don't know, magic's great, man. Everything's yeah. an option. Yeah, I'm definitely... There's definitely a couple cards I'm I'm thinking about, at least. Um, I definitely... I'm trying to think of the, the one list. Uh, I know... Well, our friend uh, Phil Gallagher, a.k.a. 3BNU, has been uh, put out a video, I think last week, uh, looking at the deck. But uh, Danny Bambino also uh, top-aided with a Goblins list. Yeah, um, I lost to him in round three. Oh no! <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. it's fine. He, yeah. he was he was like pretty bummed when we got paired because you know a lot of people hate getting paired versus a friend. Yeah. The way I see it, means a good guy is going to win the round. So. Mm, it's true. You know. It's true. You know, so, better better player won that time. Hopefully mm-hmm. next time I'm the better player. But you know, congrats to my friend Danny on his top eight. Yeah, it's awesome. But I mean, this deck looks really solid. I mean, I, I think the deck. Before was I think pretty pretty good. It's resilient. You can be aggressive. You can be um, kind of controlling. It, it grinds pretty well, especially with Muxus at the top end. But I think with the name sticker Goblin now, the deck has such a big explosive angle that it is a little easier to kind of see that. And you know, I, that that could be a deck that does pretty well for people. Yeah. So I I do think Goblins is actually really. Um, I like both those those that are powering out. Quick aside, I right now. Um, mm, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, the modern list is playing uh, the cauldron, right? Yeah, I, I, so I've seen some list with it, um, and so who knows if they're actually good? Who knows? Maybe <laughs> I'm just too in love with refuse to put it down, but it will be in every modern sure. deck I play probably for the rest of the uh, month. Yeah, I, I definitely need to try my Thesis. Um, uh, combo deck because uh, I haven't played it since uh, Delighted Halfling, the One Ring, and Echo's Cauldron were printed, and I feel like those are all huge upgrades to the legendary deck that is Cisse. Um So that's definitely on the list. But yeah, I mean that is I, I think the Goblins list uh, is, is super. I don't say super cool, but it's something I'm interested in. I have obviously been trying to pay attention to the. Delver decks that are playing up the Beanstalk. I'm, like, still not sure if they're actually good or not. Like, I know people have been putting up some number of finishes with them, but I feel like the more successful uh, decks, you know, Delver, quote-unquote Delver decks, have been just Grixis, right? It, it hasn't been playing up the Beanstalk. It's just been playing, you know, Jagger, uh, Orcish Bowmaster instead and doing just as well. Yeah, so I am trying to think. I, I did play it with Delver. I am less excited about the Up the Beanstalk mm-hmm. decks that are playing the small creatures. Um, so I played with Delver, and it was like, fine. I went positive. It was like not the best. Yeah. I've played with Elvish Reclaimer, and like, again, it was the same thing. We're like, the, um, Delver yeah. sucked. Dragon's Rage Channeler sucked. Like, <laughs> I mean, maybe that's a little bit hyperbole, right? These cards mm-hmm. are very good cards. They can only ever be so bad. But... It didn't feel like they belonged together. 
but I do like a lot of it. Um, but I don't know. They didn't feel like it. But I still, like, I think the card itself is very good, really strong. Yeah, I just feel like it, it makes a lot of sense to have some number of Delph Bells, right? And I think that's what makes the, like, in particular, the, the Dragon Rage Channeler make a lot of sense. Uh, you want to put things into the graveyard. And that is a, a very easy way to do it, especially with the days. The days is a free spell. You don't have to worry about actually, you know, using mana. Obviously, it does eat up a mana that you have available to you the next turn, but, like, that is, I don't think, going to be an issue all the time. Uh, but, like, I, I still kind of... I don't know if this is wrong or not. So, I guess... Let me, let me know if you think this is wrong. I feel like me putting so much stock in a deck to get these cards back. Like, if I don't steamroll you, I'm just gonna, like, die a horrible, horrible death. And I feel like the playing up the Beanstalk is very good when you're playing in a, uh, like, a mirror. Like, a, even a pseudo-mirror, obviously. Like, it doesn't have to be Teamer. It could be, you know, Teamer versus Grixis. I feel like that is going to be good a, a good amount of the time. But I, I feel like if you're gonna play against, like, a just say Jeskai Control, right? They've got the one ring, they've got fourth Eolingus, like, they're just gonna win that game anyways. And my up the Beanstalk's gonna look real dumb. I agree, because I was definitely here for all of that and not closing my ah, Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm right. <laughs> and that's how we got Dark Depth hoodies. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I just, I just feel like there's a lot of... It, it's very easy to get out card advantaged in the matchups where that is what the card is there for. And, and like, maybe it does catch you up. I, once again, this is, this is me purely theory crafting here. Cause I, I have not gotten to play, um, with, with the, with the card in online, not doing ex extensive testing. So I, I feel like it is good if I'm expecting to just play against other Delver decks, the whole, the whole weekend, the whole tournament, whatever. Um, but like, if I'm gonna like, play against, like, Cephalid Breakfast, or uh, I'm going to play against... Well, I guess Cephalid Breakfast is kind of in the same camp, actually. Um, it's probably a bad example. But, like, versus, like, Reanimator. Like, I don't want Up the Beanstalk versus Reanimator. I don't want it versus um, Goblins. I don't want it versus Initiative. I don't want it versus um, Cradle Control. Like, that's not... It's not good there, and I, I feel like it's just, like, dead space. And then I end up with this deck that has a bunch of Delph spells that, like, I don't necessarily want to dig that deep into because, like, other decks have really good tools to fight my graveyard, whether that's Endurance um, or, like, post-board even playing something like, uh, like you know, a, a Relic or something like that. Like, it just seems like a weird fight to want to fight and to have to go all in on your graveyard in, in any aspect, I think, is, is a tough sell, especially when the decks generally are kind of weak to, you know, a Leyline of the Void effect. Like, uh, your Dragon Rage Channeler only being able to be a 1-1 one, one and your <laughs> Dragon, your Merc Tide Regent always costing 7 mana is, like, not where I want to be. Uh, and that, it just seems like a rough starting place, especially when you start adding uh, Hooting Mandrels and whatnot to your deck. Yeah, that makes sense. That's one of the things I really liked about the band was being less reliant on the graveyard. Because I did play, when I played um, just Semic, Mm -hmm. Or, actually, I think it was when I was playing Rug before, and I was like, all my cards suck. I can't actually get anything off of this up the Beanstalk. Mm -hmm. Which is not quite true, right? I can still cast, sure. of course. Um, but, yeah, so in the Bantless, having 
triumph that you just don't have to care about your graveyard at all was really nice. Could we... So, this is... Maybe this isn't modern territory. Maybe this is actually, like, standard territory. But, like, could we... Can we play up the beanstalk in our list with like, uh, with the the pioneer nerd, um, the white one that taps like six mana? Is that a deck already? That like puts creatures into your hand? I have no clue what you're talking about. Um, it's a it has convoke. Oh, knight cap, knight captain. I know. Yeah, it's like another Eos or something like that. Yeah. Yes. N- knight ranger Eos? But like, play that with the loxodon that costs five mana. That seems sweet. I ha- I have seen people try it. I don't know if it's okay. good or not. I, I got... I actually... And you can play... Just borrow a Sentinel if you're doing it in Pioneer. Mm-hmm. Okay, that seems... I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either, but... Uh, I, I'm only saying it because I played against it yesterday. <laughs> okay. Um, of course you did. Yeah, I mean, of course, naturally. Um, I did actually play against the... Like blue green up the beanstalk affinity deck. I, I know we talked about that on the show. I think two or three weeks ago, um, and that deck I ended up winning the match, but it was very impressive. Like I was very uh, surprised by how much pressure they were able to apply. Uh, they, once they got the first up the beanstalk going, um, they very quickly drew into the second one, and now they're like, "Well, I've got this." <laughs> I'm going to make these uh, free 4-4s four that are going to draw me two cards. And look, I found another free 4-4. Four four, and here's a, uh, a monitor that's going to draw me four cards this time. And I'm like, okay, this is, we're, we're done. We, we've done it. You've done it. You're better than me. I get it. Um, I was able to win both, uh, both post-board games. But, like, that deck actually seemed really solid, too, just uh, being able to apply that much pressure so quickly it does make me actually want to see uh if you could make a legacy version of that and start playing like you know esper sentinel and um other effects like that how good that could potentially be i think you could probably mm-hmm. do it i don't know um i don't know if you i don't know if there's much incentive to do that over just playing hogak mm-hmm. Well, I guess, again, by not having to rely on the create card. Yeah. But also, if you're doing an aggro strategy initiative, maybe. Yeah, and th- that could be a better a better aggro deck. I think Goblins could be a better aggro deck. I honestly even think the the Legacy Crushing Footfalls deck might be a better uh, ag- aggressive slant, um, if you if that's what you want to do. I know you're not a huge fan of that of that deck in Legacy. I think that deck needs to stay in modern. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's like... I think it's too... So, the natural deck, like, the modern deck is too slow for sure. legacy. Which is fine. We get to add Elvish Spirit Guides and be super powerful. Now your deck is full of bad cards. <laughs> like, I just think... I, am I wrong? <laughs> no, but... Yeah. Like, I feel like there's games where it just steamrolls your opponent and you're like, I'm so good get dunked on and like i you know this is going back a while in baltimore i mentioned like jake dunked on mm-hmm. me very yeah. hard like did not look close but i feel like my maybe they counter one spell and then they die yeah. because they didn't do anything yeah and honestly playing the modern version the number of games that i've had 
like two lands and like never see a third land, and then I just I just die to like nonsense. Like I I died. Uh, I played a game earlier where I lost to a Thulscar Mage and a, a Swift Spear, and like they had they had cards. They cast Lightning Bolt. There's a, a Expressive Iteration. Like they did things, but I did nothing. <laughs> Like, I, I died with, like, two, I'm trying to think even what they, um, two Violent Outbursts, and I had two Crashing Footfalls on this bend, and I was just like, I'm just gonna die on turn four, turn four and, like, this just has to be okay. Um, and, like, I, I feel like the number of times I've seen the, the Legacy deck just be like, like, turn zero, Spirit Guide, Spirit Guide, Spirit Guide, Outburst, and I'm just like... Force of will, and they're like, oh, concede. And I was like, oh, that's that's disappointing. All right, well, good games. <laughs> I'll see you later. Yeah, it's definitely not the. It, it's I don't know how much. Yeah, I just feel like playing rhinos is like the the glass cannoness of playing Belcher without the consistency of playing Belcher. Like, it, and honestly, either format. Like, I think the. I know we haven't seen it in a while, actually, in Modern, but, like, the deck did its thing relatively consistently. Um, I think the Belcher in um, Legacy is the same boat where, like, you can do it consistently. It Obviously, you're playing the Force of Will format, and it's hard to always have the uh, counterplay, but, like, it could it could make uh, the turn one or turn two kill pretty consistently um, without interruption. Uh I just feel like the Rhinos does not do that, but it's somehow significantly slower. And that's, like, not even to mention, like, the number of games where I've just gone, like, spell pierce that, and then I'm going to search for a stretch your Rhinos, best of luck. Um, it, it all feels kind of bad. I don't know. I feel like comparing it to is... Which feels horrible to say after I just said like I feel like they don't do anything <laughs> yeah but I definitely don't think it is mm. as glass cannon um I also while I think the modern deck was really good uh, there's a lot of I'm gonna thoughts you oh my god yeah turn one right now and then like there's also Rhino has force negation and mm-hmm. musical dispute main deck and then like Tron is also really popular right now and they just have karmic break creators and sure. shutoffers which I I understand that you know, the Tri-Belcher often comes mm-hmm. down faster than the card, but I think there's um, one of the most yeah. popular to begin with. Uh, I guess, like, going like, full circle, we started with, with Scam, probably end with Scam. Uh, in modern, the Scam deck, I, I feel like, and I, we've said this for a while, I guess, like, let me, let me preface with this. This is not a new thing. It's just a thing that I think people are finally realizing, which I think t- takes way too long. Uh, I feel like people realize how messed up on card all of the elementals are. I think we finally got to a point where people are like, this card is really tough to beat. It's like, yes. Yeah, it is. It's really, it's really tough. Um, do you feel like we're at a point where this is probably like the best cycle of cards like in in modern history, the, the elementals? Okay. I mean, I don't think it's close. Right? Like, I can't think of a site better. I, I mean, like, you could argue, like, oh, like, well, Ancestral sure, Recall's yeah. better than all of them. 
but like as a whole uh Fubun side right just because and i mean like it wasn't as well like the white mm-hmm. one is unplayable um probably about a third of the listeners yep. don't even know what it's called it is. it's called healing self but like white one was unplayable mm-hmm. red one's obviously great um green one is mm-hmm. like good for limited but not constructed um black one's busted mm-hmm. blue one's busted um so they don't like this is a cycle where everything's actually playable um and everything is good like because even yeah very good cycle yeah and like i yeah, I think the Titans are probably like one of those things where like, oh well, they're all they're all pretty good, and it's like they were good in standard. Like, I think you know, Primeval Titan was an all star in standard. I, I feel like Inferno and Frost and Grave and Sun were all fantastic. Um, at, at this point, the only one that actually has legs still is Primeval. The rest of them are unplayable in the modern format. We will ever get back to a, po- a point where they are. Uh, and, like, I don't even... I'm, like, trying to think of, like, other really powerful cycles that are even close. Like, I think it's... And I, this is... I'm sure you'll see the trend very quickly. I think the second closest, like, cycle like that would probably have to be the fourth cycle uh, for Modern Horizons 1. So... But, like, that is also kind of a stretch because, like, really it's the blue one and the green one doing most of the heavy lifting and then the white one shows up at the end... And then the black one and the red one are just, like, hanging out. I've seen both of them get played, but yes, no. that's yeah. just not as good. Um, so I don't know what the... I just can't even imagine another cycle that's, that's remotely close uh, to, to the power that you're getting from from this one. And I, I know it's, it's interesting to see a, a cycle like this just continually get more and more powerful. Because, honestly, the other thing I've kind of played the Rhinos deck have noticed and appreciated more is that like subtlety is actually very good in this format where people are trying to uh, maximize their mana as efficiently as possible. Uh, being able to just put an uncounterable primeval titan back on their deck or to waste somebody's turn by putting a uh, shield red- I actually did that. I got to shield red lock somebody because they um, cast it and I cast my own subtlety and then they cast it again and I cast another subtlety and by then they were like you know, threatening lethal, like, doing that is messed up. Doing that to a, a big delve spell, also very messed up. Uh, it just seems like that's, it, it's very easily the best cycle of all time, and I don't know, you know, I, I wonder how long it, it lasts in the format, because I, I don't know how much room it allows, especially now that we have up the beanstalk. Uh, I think it kind of, it, it kind of cements the fact that they, having these five mana spells that you're able to cast for free or these, you know, four mana cards you can cast for for free, but if you pay one more mana and use one more card, you get to do the effect again, and now it's really messed up. It's like, I don't know how much longer <laughs> this this uh, lasts where people are, are interested in it, but I also don't know how much... Like, I don't know if you agree, but I, I feel like Scam is like the borderline where it's the ceiling is so, so high, but the floor is low enough where, like, I think most people are okay with it existing in the modern format. But I don't know if that makes it a good experience for the modern format. You know, the the funny thing is, I feel like I've heard such an insane number of conversations about it today. I saw a different Twitter post about it yesterday. I, I think a lot of people are kind of... 
don't know. I, that I kind of <clears throat> want to go on for that. But that's not, like, a whole thing. I do think it is also a very strong tag. I don't think it's broken, but I think the games that often make it seem... Broken. No, yeah, absolutely. It's the... Um, and I, I'm trying to think of what the... Who wrote the article? It, it was a an article about CEDH, and I, I want to say, for some reason, I think it's Drake Sasser, but I could be wildly off, so I apologize if you wrote this article. Um, but if you didn't read it and you didn't write it, then don't worry about it. Um, but in the article, they were talking about uh, the idea of playing a game of CEDH, uh, but in the game, your deck is average. It's fine. You win 25% of the games. Awesome. Um, but then you make your deck. It's actually about, I think, Quark uh, Sakashima, which, you know, if you are familiar at all, has a lot of coin flipping. Um, the deck has this high percentage of winning these games, and when it wins, it just dominates. It's not close. You're taking 80% of the game actions. Your opponents are just sitting there twiddling their thumbs while you combo off. Awesome. But then the games you lose, you do nothing. You just, you just sit there. And they kill this creature, they kill that creature, you can't do anything, the game's over. Um, so, like, the idea that, like, your win percentage is going to go up, it's not going to be 25% anymore, maybe it's now, like, 35% or 40%. Uh, but in those, the other 60% of games that you're losing, most of those games are just, like, not close. You're not doing anything, you're, you're playing spells, you're playing creatures that immediately get killed, they're countering your spells aggressively, and you're not doing it, you're not getting off the ground. And, like, that feels that feels bad. And even if your opponents happen to, you know, target you a little bit more often, the games where they lose end up just being so miserable that, like, it, it still doesn't feel great for you, uh, for, for them. And I think that kind of leads to people trying to target the deck a little bit more aggressive than they should. And once again, that gets into politicking and whatnot. But uh, I, I do like that people are kind of aware of this, that... You know, the, it's a competitive game. We're competitors. We're trying our best to win. Yes. But I also would like to have fun. And if I'm going to win or lose a game, I would like it to be fun and interactive. And I'd like to talk to, you know, my friends after the round and be like, oh, I lost a tough one, but it was really cool. They did this and they did that. Not, yep, they won. They, I just, I just did nothing. I had spells and they, I got scammed and then I lost. So that was really sweet. Um, that, that just seems like the play experience I keep having and hearing about. Like, it's not, so it's not just me, um, but it, it's exhausting to have that be the, the, the one, if it's not the best deck, it's, it's a top three deck in the modern format. And, um, that means you just have that experience a lot. You just have a lot of people, uh, showing up to tournaments and showing up to events who are saying, like, I'm going to play this deck. Not because I think it's good, but because I feel like I have to because it's just that much better than everything else I would be playing. So, like, I apologize in advance and <laughs> uh, scamming people out of games. All right. Uh, I don't know if there's anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here. Mm. I do want to get going, but I do want to just ask. So, this weekend, there were a lot of people uh, playing mm -hmm. the Zoo Scam deck. Any quick thoughts? Um, I think deck? it's pretty cool. Uh, this is, just to make sure, this is a, a deck with, like, it's Fury and Grief, and it is playing, like, the Not Dead After All and all that fun stuff. Correct. 
but then it's playing up the beanstalk, sign of territorial kavu. So I played against a deck that I, I believe is this deck, but I, I was playing Rano. The games were not close, so I'm not exactly sure. I didn't see any furies and didn't see any, um, grief, but I did see up the beanstalk and I saw fake um the Draco. So it might be this deck. It might not be. Um, I like the idea of having Scion. I think that's really cool. Um, obviously the, and once again, it's not the reason you're playing the, the card anyways, but like, it is unfortunate that the Scion of Draco does not do anything for Fury. Um, but I do feel like it's very interesting to be able to play that card, uh, Scion of Draco, in a deck where it's essentially just a two-mana 4-4 four, four that, you know, draws you a card, potentially. That seems really nice. It's not insane on value, though. That's that's my other gripe, I guess. Like, I feel like there's other better ways to maximize your value than than casting that spell. Um, I mean, two-mana 4-4 four, four is not bad. And also, giving Bowmaster and, and the card's kind of nuts with Territorial Cobb. Yes, it is very good with Territorial Cobb. Territory of Kavu, uh, it, it definitely does it does enough. It definitely does enough. Um, and I think drawing the card potentially off of up uh, the beanstalk makes it good enough. Um, I'm not sure if it's a deck I would play though. I I could be wrong about myself, but it seems like it's a deck that, at least in my experience, obviously I played the the one match against what I believe is it. It feels. It feels like you want to be able to play Trilands, but you also want to be able to play, like, uh, not, you know, your grief, you know, scam plan on turn one. It feels like there's obviously going to be some overlap there, but I feel like they're they're desperate enough where, like, you, you're not going to be able to do both of them reliably. Like, it's going to be, you're going to do this this effect twice, or you can do this effect twice, but you can't do both once. Um, and I feel like that's going to be... That makes it difficult for me to imagine the deck being competitive long-term. Uh, I do like the idea of just playing... I think you can just play Fury, right? I think you can just play Fury. I think you can um, maybe just play Grief, but I, I think having the deck with a higher curve and just going for the... Um, you know, Draco, here's a, here's maybe I hardcast Fury or maybe I do evoke it still. Um, but like that with the Leyline Binding, I think that just seems like a, a better, a better shell just to make it more of a mid-range deck than an, than an aggressively slanted deck. But I'm not sure if that's a, a reason to play that deck then. So I will say, I think on the surface, it seems like it's at odds. Right, um, Sam Black had this concept of though, scam is looking to play with uh, they would classify as a small mm. game. Um, you're trying a big game, so it's kind of awkward about it. Um, so the episode that we had uh, aforementioned uh, Jake Beardsley on the mm-hmm. cast, um, and he was talking about, like I see it as like this weird aggro through that lens. Then I actually think this deck makes a lot of sense. Um, and I will say like so I start pre scam. It's always been great, but sometimes Dolphy Voidwalker. Let me tell you, everyone cares about a five-five. Yeah. A five-five will punch you in the face very hard. Yeah. <clears throat> so I do think it makes sense. I don't know if it's great or not. I know I've been seeing kind of 
what happens when a new deck <laughs> breaks on the scene as long as it's remotely good. Mm-hmm. So I have a feeling it will be a it will not replace scam. Um, I think it probably happened just because I think people will be stubborn. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm definitely curious to finish out my matches with it. Yeah, it would definitely tell us what how that goes. Alright, let's wrap up. Let's get out of here. Uh, Maxim, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at uh, the website formerly known as Twitter, at Expedition Map. You can find me on Twitter, or Twitch, where I don't really stream, but I just got a new mm-hmm. laptop that I will. Um, also at Expedition Map. Uh, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Bad Luck Bandit. If you're interested in finding the show, we're at Depth underscore podcast on Twitter as well. Uh, if you want to send us an email for some reason, uh, we would love to hear from you. Uh, that's at darkdevspod at gmail.com. Uh, but you can also just, like, you know, join our Patreon. You can message us there. We can send you some sweet tokens. And you can be, like, one of our lovely listeners who uh, continues to support us week in and week out. Um, and once again, it was really, really neat. We actually, obviously, we didn't record for two weeks. But we still had somebody on Patreon. So that's amazing that, you know, even even when we're not in your ears, you're still... We're still in your heart. That means a lot. So. Well, I guess with that, um, if I I might, I'm still trying to figure out one way or the other, um, I might be going to an event in um, New Jersey. And if you do see me, I do have a, a fresh stack of tokens. Uh, Mapson's going to have his when I see him next, whenever that is. Um, so uh, definitely ask us for some tokens and definitely uh, hand, hand you a couple. Give him my attempts for green, the scene sees reclaim. Untap sack of flags, don't go seek the planes, then tutor up the stage to pull out your playbill. Darkness podcast, our in Billy Mitchell and Michael Mapson on the microphone, dripping in mock diamonds, the collector of curtains up on act one of this magic show. Setting the forest so dense it looks decomposed with red every nights, crush against death shadow. On the legendary lake covered in ice and snow. Underneath the surface looks a lonely evil. An avatar so dark it could cause a People. The night lunges forward, going for the kill. But death shadow's too tricky, it just won't sit still. It's stuff in denial, compile a stack so thick. The bazooka bug emerges with Gurmax angling. The knight takes a swing at the zombie fishes, but falls submerged for such a distance. Forsaken in the haze of the street race fringes, who wanna suffer out, they don't sneak forgiveness. The final breath draws a deafening silence, a sound so sinister no one could describe it. It's like the subtle cracking of a turtle shell, or the surgical extraction of emerging hell. The shards of ice feel a force of vigor, the looming fear releases growing bigger and bigger, until a demon's fingers linger toward the shadow of death, an all-consuming hush. The land goes swept, the night washes up, frozen on the ice. Dried arbors thaw her out in the green sun's light. An expedition map suddenly unfurls, revealing Merit Lage has rearranged the world. 